Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai, and you are listening to Food Nonfiction. Imagine you're looking for a meeting, but the place is so underground it doesn't even have a sign. After walking back and forth on the downtown city block a few times, you realize that it could be the unmarked black door and decide to give it a try. Inside is an old staircase with crumbling cement steps leading down a dark hallway. The paint is chipping off the walls as you descend towards a distantly flickering fluorescent light. At this point, I am gripping my pepper spray in my pocket and quietly cursing under my breath at Lillian for bringing me here. The narrow hallway makes a sharp right and suddenly you see a large room filled with couches arranged in a haphazard circle. There's also a bar, pinball machines, and a couple of pool tables. One man is behind the bar and seems to be in charge. There are a few more people in the room, all guys, men in their early 20s to early 30s. But as it gets closer to the meeting start time, more people filter in. At last, two women come in. Now Lillian and I are not the only females. In all, about 15 people were there. I had found this meeting on an app called Meetup, and it was on a topic that I knew Fakri was very interested in covering for food nonfiction. So I knew we had to go and do some research and meet some people. This topic is a buzz topic. A lot of people are talking about it, discussing it, and interested in it. And the topic is Soylent. How can I describe Soylent? It's a food alternative. For those of you who haven't heard of it yet, Soylent is a powder that is mixed with water and is intended to be an entire meal. Yeah, it's classified as a food and not a supplement by the FDA. According to the creator Rob Reinhardt, it contains all the elements of a healthy diet including the right amounts of fiber, protein, carbohydrates, fats, vitamins, and minerals. This means that you could theoretically just have Soylent for every meal for the rest of your life. Most people assume it's a tongue-in-cheek reference to the famous sci-fi film Soylent Green, where everyone in this dystopian future survives off of processed food rations known as Soylent Green. Actually, though, it's called Soylent in honor of the soy and lentil-based diet from a book called Make Room, Make Room. When I heard about Soylent, I didn't think about the classic film reference. Instead, it immediately made me think of the first Matrix film. Neo has just gained enough strength after leaving the Matrix to join the rest of the crew on the ship. He is eating his first meal with them, and it is described as having the texture of runny eggs or tasty wheat. Dozer tells Neo that, It's a single-cell protein combined with synthetic aminos, vitamins, and minerals. Everything the body needs. The lack of joy on everyone's face as they continue to eat the slop is pretty hard to miss. So of course, when I heard of Soylent, I immediately thought of the film. In The Matrix, they had to survive off the sludge because of the war with the machines. But what could possibly possess a person to actively choose to subsist on runny eggs? At the meetup, we also heard it described as uncooked pancake batter. I love food and believe one of the greatest joys in life is a delicious meal. The idea of having to drink the same bland, tasteless slop every day sounds like torture. 
I mean, why would anyone do that to themselves on purpose? But you know what? A lot of people do want to use Soylent. When Soylent launched a crowdfunding campaign in 2013, it had the goal of raising $100,000, but brought in over $3.5 million. They also received $20 million in Series A round funding from investors. Have you heard the wildly popular podcast Startup? They're following a startup online dating company, which is backed by Y Combinator. Soylent was also backed by Y Combinator, which is like a boot camp for startups. You have to hit huge growth goals every week. Which other startups were also backed by the startup success generators Y Combinator, Dropbox, Reddit, Airbnb, and more? Soylent was created by a 24-year-old software engineer from Atlanta, Georgia, named Rob Reinhardt. It was really a nutrition self-experiment. He was tired of preparing or buying healthy foods and created a meal replacement based off of his understanding of biology. For the first 30 days, he actually gave up all food in favor of gulping down his meals. According to Reinhardt, his main hope for Soylent is that it will, quote, reduce the global disparity in health. I guess I can see how it might be easier to get a powder distributed to people following natural disasters or in war-torn regions compared to shipping more typical foods. Others have also pointed out that it could be useful to troops or special forces that have to spend multiple days on a mission without reinforcements or new supplies. Rob Reinhardt documented all of this in a blog. Anyone can read it. Just go to robreinhardt.com, R-O-B-R-H-I-N-E-H-A-R-T.com. A link is in our show notes. It's really interesting to read a blog written as someone was inventing a new food product. And all this happened so recently. Rob Reinhardt invented Soylent in his kitchen in 2013, just two years ago. A little bit of history here because we're food buffs. A liquid diet, which is what Soylent is, was invented a long, long time ago. In 1087, yes, the year 1087, William the Conqueror, the first Norman king of England, decided to go on a diet of just liquor. So he tried to survive on wine and spirits. How he ruled while drinking all day and eating nothing, I have no idea. His idea was that if he didn't eat anything, he would lose weight. We'll never know how long he could have actually lasted on that diet because he died that same year when his horse reared up and he slammed against the pommel so hard that his intestines ruptured and he died of infections weeks later. Soylent is not currently shipping to other countries, not even their neighbors to the north. The fact that Soylent is not being sent to other countries does not have to stop anyone from trying it, though. One of the most unique things about Soylent is that it is open source. This means that the ingredients and all their details are posted for everyone to see. Also, each version is updated as they continuously tweak the formula. This allows people from other countries to order their own ingredients and combine them to make their own Soylent powder. Which brings us back to the reason we went to the meeting down that dark stairwell in the first place. As we cannot get the powder here in Canada, this small group of people were meeting to pool their resources so they can buy all the ingredients necessary to make their own Soylent. It is cheaper for everyone to buy in bulk, so it's a cooperative effort. 
What began as a cooperative effort, though, quickly turned into a debate. One member expressed his concerns regarding buying any ingredients made from GMOs. Two scientists on the other side of the room quickly spoke up and said that they would rather GMOs because non-GMOs tend to use more pesticides, and that was a bigger worry for them. Another man said his biggest concern was ensuring all ingredients were plant-based, as he is vegan. One of the most interesting ideas for source ingredients, however, came from a man who said his ultimate goal was to use stacking algae towers to cultivate his own proteins, carbohydrates, and amino acids. Essentially, his goal was to be as self-contained as possible. As Soylent was only invented in 2013, there have been a number of questions about potential problems down the road. Now, in 2015, there are still no published scientific evidence of risks or benefits associated with use of soylent. However, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has recognized each ingredient as generally being considered safe. One criticizer of soylent is Megan Tepner, author of the Undiet Cookbook. Megan breaks down the list of ingredients for us, less nutrition-savvy types. So here's what she has to say about five of the ingredients. One, maltodextrin. This is a carb that is easily digested and then absorbed as glucose. Because it's so easily absorbed, it causes a spike in your blood sugar. So if you're not working out around the time you're ingesting it, it'll get stored as fat. Two, cheap synthetic vitamins. For vitamin D, they use vitamin D2. Which doesn't convert into the active form, which is vitamin D3, all that well. Three, soy lecithin. This is very estrogenic, so it acts like estrogen, which can cause hormonal imbalance. Four, gum arabic. It's a stabilizer that increases shelf life. It causes gas, bloating, nausea, and loose stools. Five, sucralose, which is an artificial sweetener. Of course, it all depends on the dosage, and the author doesn't mention whether the dosages in Soylent are enough to be relevant. I think her idea is that if it can be bad in reasonable quantities, then why not just choose good natural ingredients? Fortunately, Soylent is open source, so it's constantly being tweaked as we learn more about nutrition. So just keep in mind that you're not getting nutritional perfection. And you should still be eating real meals, preferably natural meals, and a wide variety of foods. While official dietary references do exist, we just don't know enough about how all the various elements interact with each other for us to depend on one food formula. Once you try to compile this kind of magic formula that that kind of you know like would fit everyone, it, it just It just doesn't make any sense. It's intrinsically doomed to fail because people are different, and and, and we all have our we all have our our own own needs and own own requirements. That was Simo, co-founder of Ambronite, often named as Soylent's competitor. I'm Simo Suahemo, co-founder of Ambronite. Ambronite is an organic, drinkable meal. I love the idea of Ambronite. Whereas Soylent uses artificial and GMO ingredients, Ambronite is looking to fulfill those same dietary requirements with all-natural ingredients. Our ingredient list is is very non-scary. You can understand each and every ingredient because they're real foods, like like spinach,、uh, like stinging nettle, like oats. I really like the idea that you guys are all friends. Can you 
tell me a little bit about how you became friends? Oh, definitely. <laughs> that's that's a crazy story. I, I got to know my co-founders, Nico and Tapio, on a Trans-Siberian Railroad trip. In 2010, we got to know each other in the middle of Russia and Mongolia when we were crossing the whole Siberian plateau. First, we became friends, and, and after that, we became co-founders. 2010 was not that long ago, so all this happened in a pretty short time. I know, right? It's it's all been lightning fast. I mean, the first recipes we made for ourselves, uh, we made them in, in the spring of 2013. And then all the way to the first couple of hundred customers in, in our beta group in summer 2013 to, to launching our product on Indiegogo. So can you tell me about the engineering process? Where, like, which lab did you use? And how did you decide on using, like, a certain berry to get, like, a certain vitamin? The whole process started with gathering a lot of knowledge about the, the possibilities of different ingredients. Every ingredient we have plays a certain part. In uh, Finland, the University of Helsinki and a couple of local research centers have compiled this kind of an extensive database out of thousands of ingredients, including many of those wild ingredients they will only find in the wild, and all their nutritional profiles and their nutritional properties. And the second part of the puzzle was understanding the medical side and the nutritional science side. And for that, we had compiled a network of experts uh, where, for example, microbiologists uh, with whom we could do microbiological tests. From our network, we found doctors. We have a doctor in our team as an advisor who's uh, studied genetics and, and medical science. And then, of course, combining these two into a usable product. So when we set out to do this, we didn't even know how hard it would be because there was such an immense amount of uh, different fields to combine. For example, as we know, many micronutrients and, and minerals, for example, interact with each other. Having too much calcium during uh, a meal, for example, drinking milk for all your meals is, is a very typical cause of getting too little iron because the iron in your meals isn't available to your body if you uh, have too much calcium. I'm in love with stories and adventures myself. Mm -hmm. One of the coolest things are, uh, lately has been Ari Husala crossing the Atlantic Ocean solo. I'm uh, Ari, Ari Husala. I've been sailing single-handed three times, racing across the Atlantic. You can imagine, like, Ari is sailing this 40-foot yacht alone for 24 days. And even during the nights, he has to get up every 30 minutes to be able to sail safely, right? He was going on this uh, thousand-mile qualifying race in the uh, northern Baltic Sea and he was able to complete the whole sailing race as the first person from the Nordic countries. We called Ari in Italy, but the wind and rain were too loud during our call for us to use the audio. So, both Ambronite and Soylent were created in 2013. They are both quick-to-make liquid meals, but the similarities really end there. Soylent is focused on being a cheap way to get all the nutrients you need, and Ambronite is focused on getting you all the nutrients you need in their most natural, whole forms, making no compromises to get the price point down. So, right now, Soylent would cost you $3 a meal, and Ambronite would cost you $10 a meal. My conclusion on the topic is that I can't imagine one day preparing Soylent or Ambronite as dinner for my family, but I see these as good food alternatives for myself at this point in my life. It's a totally no-nonsense, purely functional approach to food. 
So what do you think about the new liquid meal replacement trend? Write in to feedback at foodnonfiction.com and let us know. We have been slowly moving to a Tuesday release date, so you can expect our next episode to air on Tuesday, May 26th. And don't forget to subscribe to us if you haven't already. And please, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you don't know how, we have instructions on our website, www.foodnonfiction.com, on the Help Us page. And if you write us a review, be sure to email us at feedback at foodnonfiction.com to let us know, and we will mail you a food nonfiction fridge magnet.